Hi, everybody. Welcome to this month's edition of Field Notes. I am your host, Jeff Weisenberger, and our guest this month is Steve Knitter, who is president of Geiger & Peters, an AISC member fabricator in Indianapolis, and also board vice chair of AISC. Uh, Steve, welcome. Thank you. So I want to start from the very beginning. It sounds like you were born in Indiana. And then you left, and then you found your way back to Indianapolis. Can, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a, a, a strange circumstance that um, I was actually born a Hoosier um, in, in, in Fort Wayne uh, and only lived, my family lived in the state for a few years for my brother and I to be born. And then we migrated east. And then I, uh, I, I spent most of my years growing up in Vermont, um, ended up back at uh, Purdue University later on where I met my um, my Indianapolis wife, and uh, and after taking a job farther away, came um, end up coming back and uh, to the Hoosier State, and so now I've I've been here three different times, but um, but this last time has been the longest. <laughs> gotcha. So t- tell me a little bit about Vermont. Um, what, do you miss anything about it? I'm guessing you miss the mountains. Absolutely do. Yeah, Vermont's a, a special place in, in my heart for sure. It's just a gorgeous place and a, and a neat place to grow up. Um, yeah, we, we, we still go back and visit. I have lots of aunts and uncles and cousins that are scattered all, all around that region. So we, we still try to go back as much as we can to visit. Because really do enjoy it. Um, it's, it's just absolutely beautiful and, and, um, and, and, and wide open because not many people. So it's, so it's, um, it's really enjoyable for, for outdoor sports. And, and, and so really... Um, growing up there really, really had um, instilled in me a, a love for the outdoors and, and skiing and hiking and, and, and generally being outdoors. Uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you, uh, the structural steel business. How did, you, how did you get into it? Did you grow up saying, I want to be a steel fabricator? Um, well, no, it was, it was kind of a long, um, a long process. Um, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. And so, uh, and so I graduated Purdue with a robotics degree and, um, and I, okay. and I ended up working for Motorola, um, uh, setting up automated lines to build cell phones and walkie talkies, um, down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And, um, and that was a lot of fun. And then, um, and then I ended up marrying my, my college sweetheart, um, who had a tie back to the, to the structural steel business. And so then, um, then I started hearing about that, so uh, so that was the pull to um, to get to get me to go from the micro of, of of robotics at Motorola to the macro of structural steel at uh, Geiger and Peters was was my was my wife's family. Um, her her great grandfather started the company um, in 1905, and so it was it was a pull to try to get the fourth generation um, involved in the steel business. And so when she married an engineer. That's how I got um, called in. Sure, sure. That that is quite a transition going from uh, from like you said the small stuff to the big stuff. I, I have to ask. I didn't know about the robotics degree. Do you ever dabble? Do you have you built any robots? Um, no. So we <laughs> we, have, we we have one here in the shop, and so um, I I now know enough to be to be dangerous to uh, to talk to the vendors who are, are setting it up or my operators that are running it. But uh, no, it's. It's been some. It's been some time since I've been uh, coding up a robot to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> gotcha. 
Um, so tell me a, a little bit about uh, your journey to, be, to becoming president there. How, how long, let's back up. How long have you uh, been with Geiger and Peters again? So I've been here 24 years. And so okay. um, I kind of, I, I had the um, um, uh, luxury of, of having, of having a predecessor that, that, that had a good vision. So when I first came, um, first I worked at a, at a sister small fabricator um, company for, for three years that, that did smaller, um, at a much smaller shop, you know, kind of, kind of learn, learn the business there before I switched over, um, to the, to the main fabrication plant. Um, and then, and, and I started for the first nine months, I shadowed, um, every worker in the shop. And so, um, and so that gave me a good experience about, about what, about what everybody did and what everybody needed to do in order to, in order to get our product out the door. Um, and then I worked my way um, through the office, uh, through through sales and estimating and and, and project management. Um, and then I was an operational manager uh, before I took over president um, ten years ago in 2010. In terms of uh, projects, there, Geiger and Peters. I mean, you've you've got a lot to uh, you, you know to, in your memory banks, I'm sure. But is there any? Is there like one that sticks out that you're particularly proud of or, or one that, that you're, you're proud of, but are also like, Oh man, I don't know if we could ever do one like that again. That was uh that was a challenge. Well, it's, it's kind of fitting because, because here we are um, um, on the eve of, of Memorial day weekend, the, the, mm-hmm. the recording this is that the, the one that the one that sticks out for me was when um, a few years ago, we worked on the, uh, on, on expansion of the, of the stands for the hundredth running of the Indy 500, um, when we when we um, bid the project, um, the owner the owner was coming up with all different ideas about and, and options, and so and so like a lot of projects, it, it takes a while to get it released and, and get going, and so we were constantly talking about um, different options. But as that is as that time was was escaping, and the in the in the the date for the race was coming up, and we knew it wasn't going to be moved. So once we finally got going on it, we had a, a very compressed schedule, and um, but it was unbelievable how uh, how my workers and in, in, in the in the in the company here in in our field iron workers how everybody had such pride in working on the Indy 500, especially the the, the hundredth running that um that sure. came out of crunch time. We were we were running the shop um, seven days a week and uh, in 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 24 hours a day. And then we were running the uh, field seven days a week, and so um, and and so it was it was an unbelievable push that that people were willing to do this for this event. I think if it had been a if it had been a standard office building or, or something, I don't know if people would have would have put that much heart into it. And then, <laughs> sure. But what, what was most right. what was most rewarding is that the, the president of of the of the speedway came out and and he toured he, he toured the shop and of course he toured the site quite often. And uh, but he but he he ended up giving um, uh, free tickets to uh, to to all my staff and all my shop workers and all my vendors. He gave us 500 tickets to come to the uh, <laughs> 500. Uh, How about that? <laughs> 500 tickets, right for for the for the qualifying days, and and um, it was it was just a blast because a lot of my guys had never even been to the to the speedway, having grown up. Wow. Yeah. And so it was a, it was it's always it's always a great reward when when an owner. Um, uh, appreciates all the hard work that happens and, uh, and, and it was, yeah, it just ended up being a great job. Sure. That sounds like a special one. Like you said, I mean, there's a, you always figure, Oh sure. Everybody in, you know, in Indianapolis is, 
has seen the speedway or been there, but obviously that's not the case. So that's really, that's really neat that they were able to do that. And it did pardon this terrible pun, but it does sound like it was a race to the finish uh, with the job. It was, yes. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you didn't start off in buildings, but obviously you've, you've uh, developed an appreciation for one. So besides, uh, in, you know, uh, projects that you've worked on there at Geiger and Peters, do you, have you, uh, come across any other buildings out there, steel buildings that are kind of like inspirational? You're like, wow, you know, now that I'm, you know, I've gotten into the buildings world, this, this one is one of my, my all time favorites. Yeah. My, uh, for, for years, my, my wife and, and, and my kids have, and I, I drive them a little crazy because when, when I walk into a big, to, to big building, I'm always looking up at the structure instead of, mm-hmm. instead of in front of us. And so, uh, of course, stadiums and, and public spaces are, are, uh, are, are always great because they, because they usually have nice big spans. Um, I got to say, you know, even though I guess I'm sticking close to home because, because I go there often, but our, but our um, Indianapolis Colts stadium, it's called Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, yeah. It's got some great super, um, super structure steel that's, that, that's all exposed and it runs and it runs the long way um, uh, down the football field, and it's just it's just a neat steel job, and 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 I love that they kept it all exposed, and they and, and they got the big columns coming down right in the seats, and and they got escalators going through them, and so that's always fun to uh, to to see when when the steel is all um, a showcase like that. Definitely. I've only been to that building once. I mean, I've seen it a lot on TV, but yeah, that's one of the most unique um, indoor football stadiums I've ever seen. My my one memory there was the Big Ten Championship a few years ago. That was a great memory. The bad part of that memory is that my team didn't win, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so um, throughout your you know career there, if you it, what's do you, would you say you've ever you've got like a a big aha moment? Like, is there one spot time or like ever a sea change or a, or a point where you're like, oh, you know, some some light bulb went off in your head, or, or does that happen all the time? Well, um, yeah, we, and that's what's fun, that's what I love about construction is that we 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 the, the company where we're celebrating 115th year uh, in business this year. But yet, we're always amazed that we're that we're learning something new almost every day, and there's new challenges all the time, which which really makes it fun, um, but also but also hard. Um, I guess I guess my biggest aha moment was um, it just happened to me the timing that I was taking over the company in 2010, which was um, if you remember was was still smack in the middle of that um, in our last recession. And so I, I really got to take over when when uh, when it was a bad time. It was hard to get business, and 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 it was it was hard to uh, to uh, keep your head above water. And so um, I guess my I, I my aha moment is that is that I really had to um, to strip apart the company and think about um, you know which what was important to us, what was important to uh, keep us going, um, and then. And then, and then I was, I was, I was so pleased to, to, to find out that, that my, that my um, employees and my, and my uh, partner vendors that, that I've worked with for, for, for the previous 14 years, um, those relationships really paid off because, because then you found out who your friends were, where, you know, where, where you're asking for favors that it's, that it's hard to back up in a time like that. And then people were still coming through and then it was, and then it was so fun to, um, to a year later when we were, when, when we were pulling out and, and the business was coming back is that, you know, able to, able to repay the favor back, you know, back to those people that, uh, that, that, 
that stayed true to their relationship with Geiger and Peters. And it was, um, it was, yeah, it was, like I say, it was, it was a hard way to uh, take over, but, um, but a great learning experience to uh, learn then. And, you know, you know, and, and uh, hopefully I don't have to, uh, to uh, dig in that deep again, but, but sure. I do. I'm always going to be ready, I guess. Sure. Yeah. No. And that speaks to resilience as well. That's really, that's good to hear. Well, I mean, on that note, obviously we're, we're dealing with another sort of issue now. Um, I was curious, how has is, is the pandemic affected your business or has it altered how you're, how you're uh, working there? So we've been very fortunate because our, our, our staff for the most part is, is stayed um, pretty healthy, probably down 10 to 15% of, of, of uh, shop and staff combined but for the most part, we are we are business as usual, which which, which is actually kind of nice that we don't we're not quite going through the same um, mental struggles that a lot of people are being stuck at home because we still get to come to work yeah. every day. It has it's it's changed business for sure because my project managers are now finding they got more time because they they're able to do their their job um, uh, meetings via Zoom instead of instead of driving three hours to a job site and then driving three hours back. And, and so, and so that's freeing up time. It's going to be interesting to see how this, how this changes our, you know, our, our, our gatherings for, for projects moving forward. Um, It's definitely got a lot of questions out there for, uh, for what it's going to do for our industry. Uh, so getting uh, getting back away from work and uh, back to uh, um, your uh, history as a boiler maker. Um, assuming sports happen this fall, I'm I'm I've got my fingers crossed because football is my favorite. Uh, you have any any predictions for the Boilermaker football team and the Big Ten in general? Well, I'm, I'm I really hope that that they're playing football because uh, the Boilers have, have have finally finally seen a little bit of surge the last couple of years, and so and so that's been great. It seems like we've been focusing on, on basketball more. In recent years, so it'd, it'd be fun to sure. get football back. I'm also um, I'm also really hopeful that that they play in the fall because I'm I'm so excited that my that my uh, uh, second son is is going to start Purdue in the fall, and so um, I remember how fun it is to be a to be a freshman and uh, and and to the go to the games and, and and have and have that great social experience of, of of a Big Ten football game, which as you know, Jeff is 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 an experience that that's that's hard to match anything else with. I agree, and that's great that he's going there. Now I have to—I have to ask—is he? Did you did you coax him into engineering, or is he doing something else? Oh, I've been trying. I've been trying, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's 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 gone. He's he's so far applied to the business school and gotten in, and so I'm I'm still I'm I'm still pushing to try to get some technical part to it because uh, I think he'd be great at it. Sure. Well, that's great to hear. So, and you, you mentioned skiing earlier. Um, I have to ask, did you, I mean, I'm sure I'm I'm guessing you picked that up in Vermont. Did you grow up skiing? I mean, have you, would you consider yourself pretty avid? Oh, I am, I am absolutely obsessed by it. Yeah. When we, when we moved to Vermont, um, we, we got set up, there was, there was great programs, um, where, where local kids could ski the mountains, um, on, on the weekends, um, for, for very, uh, a very good price and to encourage everybody to, uh, to enjoy the sport. So I've, so I grew up going every single weekend, um, in the winter and winters were usually pretty long in Vermont. And so moving to Fort Lauderdale was a little tough, but then, then moving to the Midwest, <laughs> um, once I moved out here, I, I, I figured out how nice the Rockies were. So I started skiing, um, out West also. And, uh, yes, I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. I'm always, I'm always trying to find an excuse to go, 
to uh, get away for a, for a two or three day trip to, um, to uh, ski, some, ski some good snow and always, always trying to find some good snow. So um, do you have any particularly like favorite resorts? Oh, I've had some, um, I've had some wonderful trips to uh, uh, Breckenridge is, is a great one because it's easy to fly to Denver and, 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 and drive up pretty quick. Um, I've also, also had some great trips to uh, Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe's had some great snow years where, where um, a few years ago we were out there and, and, and they had, they had over 20 feet of snow on the ground. They had already received 50 feet of snow or something that year. And it was, it was just, <laughs> wow. It was, it was insane. Um, but it was, but it was so fun to uh, ski by the little tips of, of trees that you know are much taller when you're, when, when you're going by them. Well, I yeah, know that is amazing. Yeah. I, I lived in Colorado for a while. Um, I didn't grow up skiing. I, I learned until then I learned, I tried snowboarding and I never turned back. So as somebody who's skied his whole life, I have to, I have to ask, have you tried snowboarding or are you just, do you flat out refuse? No, no, I, I've, I've tried it. In fact, when, when I was a kid, um, uh, Burton snowboards was, was started by a Vermonter. And so I remember yes. being, um, uh, one of my buddies bringing one to the hill one, one time we all strapped in and we, and we, and we played around on it for the day. Um, and so, uh, no, no, I, and, and I've got lots of friends that, that, uh, have made the transition and love snowboarding. I just, I, I, I've tried it, but I, but I still love skiing more. And so, uh, and, and, and I guess, and I guess my days, my days of skiing are, are, are precious. So I don't want to give them up, um, to uh, beat myself on a snowboard because I'm not as good. <laughs> No, I understand. Yeah. My wife is from Colorado and grew up skiing. She tried it once. And I, a lot of people I've talked to have kind of had a, they had a similar experience to you where if they're really good at skiing, they, they think snowboarding's fun, but they're like, well, I'm already really, really good at this. And like you said, you, you don't get it that many days. So yeah, you kind of go with what you enjoy and then you know, you can do. And yeah, those first few times on a snowboard are, uh, those, you, you do fall a lot and you do, uh, yeah, <laughs> you hurt in places where you don't hurt when you're skiing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so, you know, so you talked a little bit about running and hiking. Um, in terms of running, are you, are you a distance runner? Do you do marathons? Yeah, so I've, um, I've done, I don't know, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 half marathons. And so, uh, and so I really, yeah, I enjoy running. Um, um, that's, my, that's my morning ritual is to wake up and go for a run before I, before I come to work. And so, uh, and so now, it's a good you know, ritual. yeah. And, and, and so it's, it started as a, as a good way to stay in shape for skiing. And then I, and then <laughs> I am growing a love for running and, um, it's just, there, there's something freeing about, all, you know, all you need is a pair of shorts and a pair of, and, and a pair of shoes. And no matter what town you're in, you can, you can just pop them on and go. And so, sure. Uh, now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing I've, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, I've, done biking and, and hiking and uh swimming running i can't get myself to love but the thing that i do appreciate the most is, is uh what you just said it's freeing you can anybody could do it you just need to yeah you need to need your shoes your shorts and you can go you don't need any special equipment that's it you can do it anywhere um, you just need to get out the door <laughs> right uh well thank you very much steve i really appreciate your time yeah thanks for having me